0: are listening to a podcast from The National. Uncertainty in the UK. Across Europe, there's leadership upheaval. In India, the central bank governor has quit. And US President Donald Trump oscillates on a trade war with China. You investors listening out there will be rightly wondering how much risk you're supposed to swallow without choking on it. You are listening to the Business Extra podcast, Coming from the Nationals newsroom in Abu Dhabi, I'm Mustafa al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. With me is Chris Nelson, Assistant Business Editor. Chris, how are you? Very well, thanks, Mustafa. Um, the day we're recording, just for, for posterity, is uh, the afternoon of uh, an impending uh, vote of confidence or no confidence in in Parliament on uh, Prime Minister Theresa May. Um whether she survives or or does not mm. is almost immaterial at the moment when it comes to global markets global mm. assets um as as i mentioned at the top of the show we we've got some serious uncertainty out there volatility um and looking ahead to 2019 um it, it's pretty unclear um you know how things are going to play out
1: yeah um I, th- I mean obviously what happens tonight um will have a major impact on on brexit to the point where um if she's defeated, um, the, the the possibility of crashing out of uh, Brexit without um, a deal of any sort uh, increases rapidly, which would be disastrous for Britain, but also pretty much one can assume for uh, for Europe as well. In the wider world, we have the uh, obviously in the in the states we've got the Hawaii um cfo's arrest um although she's been granted bail now which has kind of calmed uh markets to a certain extent
0: in relation to tension between china and the u.s on trade okay Yeah. yeah
1: um which obviously affects global markets um and in that case, it, the Hawaii case raises one of the biggest fears of, of, of many countries, especially in the Asia-Pacific re- region, um, facing a, a sort of a binary choice as, as a result of increasing tensions between China and the U.S. Um, and it it's almost creates a, the prospect of a new sort of a throwback to the, to the Cold War, you know, do you back the, uh, the Soviet Union or the U.S.?
0: But this is particularly over intellectual property and, and mm. technology and, and sort of the innovations of, of the US is suspicious that the Chinese are trying to to, to get inside it. I mean, the, the arrest of, of Meng Wanzhou was, was more related to violation, alleged violations of Iran sanctions. But um, Hawaii has been in the, in the sights of, of the US government because of this fear of, of China trying to get sort of tech, the That's technology right, yeah. leg up sort of space. on, on yeah. the US. Yeah. Um, and, and quite rightly, as you pointed out, I mean, the, the trade uh, question is, is impacting global markets, particularly emerging markets and Europe. Europe's very exposed to China mm. when it comes mm-hmm. to their automakers, for example. And and I can't keep using this word extraordinary, but extraordinary statement from uh, Trump, uh, President Trump, that um, he might step in yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and help the Hawaii CFO yeah. if it meant... He got what he wanted from the Chinese yeah. on on broader trade issues. Yeah, yeah. So how can there not be uncertainty when politics has never before, or at least in a long not never before? I'm not going to be so you know histrionic to say that, but <laughs> certainly in a long time, yeah. the, the the sort of blurring the lines of politics. Business, financial markets, and economics. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a time when they w- they were so intermingled, and and for investors that's going to be uh, worrying them because mm-hmm. the news cycle is 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 pretty much affecting sentiment mm-hmm. and the direction of asset classes. You mentioned the pound in mm-hmm. terms of, of of the UK and Brexit, mm-hmm. but but other asset classes too. Um, the in India is interesting because. Uh, uh, Prime Minister Modi there, Narendra Modi's government, facing its first sort of significant election losses, Mm -hmm. um, impacting assets there. But also the central bank governor, um, Urjit Patel, he's surprised resignation. Mm -hmm. They've been at loggerheads, the government, the central bank, over Mm -hmm. who's in charge of monetary policy. Yeah. Um, I could go on. I mean, uh, you know, it's in France, um, President Emmanuel Macron Macron, backed down on these fuel taxes with the the gilets jaunes. And uh, he's actually broken his budget promises or his promises to keep his budget under control and his fiscal promises and and is giving an increase to the minimum Mm -hmm. wage Mm -hmm. and all kinds of other concessions to to quell
1: the anger. Same, same similar sort of thing in Italy, you know, with that... Um, budget as well, uh,
0: absolutely. So you know, you, you from from North America to Europe to Asia, you have all of this. Um, and and in, in a sec, we're going to talk to Guara uh, Kashyap, who's a market strategist at Equity Global Markets, um, and uh, you know, particularly about this. But you know, it, for us in this region, um, we have investors looking at all kinds of assets, mm-hmm. you know, property. Mm-hmm equities, you name it, bonds, uh, this all affects that, but also demand for oil yeah. um, with all this uncertainty, worries about how it could impact um, economic growth, which is ultimately, you know, what we really are talking about, less investment, mm-hmm. less jobs, mm-hmm. less spending, um, and then oil, the biggest product we have, um, it could, it could then be affected. So really the, the knock on effects are, are long and possibly painful, mm. but also I think the question is, is how much is this in our minds and and what are really the fundamentals?
1: London School of Economics and the British Treasury. I mean, we're talking about Brexit here, but um,
0: oh, oh, yes, there'll be
1: everybody. Effectively, says there will be a long-term loss of GDP for the UK economy, but that's compared with the status quo projections of remaining fully in the EU and the single market. Now, it's important to stress that means lower GDP than otherwise would have been the case, not an actual fall in prosperity. So if, for example...
0: So a forecast of a forecast.
1: Yeah. At, at, if the UK maintains its, its trend growth rate to 2030, the economy, if it stayed inside uh, the EU in the single market, the economy would be, it is projected to be, 30% larger and the losses that are envisaged should be leave are relative to that projection. So let's say the leaving would hit GDP by 6%. That means the UK uh, economy would by 2030 be 24% bigger instead of 30% bigger. So it's not like a sudden, you know, a situation where everything's going to shrink for for the next decade, you know
0: and and I, we can look at the data and look at the forecasts but in in actual fact up until this point um economic growth has been pretty robust mm. relatively speaking mm. um the us economy seems to be doing well yeah. um and you know obviously because of, the, of of worries of things like a global trade war um the, the forecasts are being affected mm. but actually right and and then and obviously future investment and as mm-hmm. i as i said ad, ad infinitum but um up until this point it we've been doing okay yeah so th- this is where we have this sort of uh, merging of politics, media, um, business, um, economics, and, and it seems like every week there's a new thing that we're grappling with. Absolutely, I, I think.
1: I mean, it's interesting. Just today, you know, we're we're on, we're late Wednesday afternoon now, ahead of the uh, obviously ahead of the vote tonight, the confidence vote in May, and one would have assumed that the markets across Europe, particularly, would would you know be particularly worried. Uh, given that you know what the outcome might be, however, every single one, and I mean every single major market in the in Europe, was up half an hour ago by between one and two and a half percent.
0: Yeah, and the pound actually rallied. Yeah. Um, but they this is off the back of you know two year lows for European stocks at the end of yeah. last week. Yeah, the pound at a twenty month low mm-hmm. twenty four hours mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, I think this is what it comes to: is that um, that people are going to be responding um, and will be getting their investment strategies you know, tightly yeah. placed. Yeah. Um. They will be aware of the risks, but people see opportunities. And in in our business pages of the national, you go to the national. Dot. Uh, a uh, Every day, we seem to be writing about: Is this an opportunity to buy mm. the pound, yeah. equities, gold, property? Yeah. You name it. And that and that's sort of the flip side of uh, the current situation yeah. we're in. And um, it probably now is a good time to to hear from uh, Gaurav uh, Kashyap, who's a market strategy market strategist at Equity Global Markets, because. I asked him um, earlier, "Does this feel like an unprecedented era of uncertainty, and how does that compare with the realities?"
2: I mean, the last few days have been um, like an extreme roller coaster, particularly for um, you know British and European assets. And to be honest, I think the developments from today, um, just going through you know what's coming out of the UK Parliament and the government system, is that. Uh, I think this could be a situation whereby they're just kind of kicking the can uh, a little bit further down the road and trying to delay the inevitable. Um, of course, uh, Monday we saw that uh, Th- uh, Theresa May, you know, she had um, she had basically cancelled the parliamentary vote at the 11th hour. Uh, this was followed up by tweets but from the European Council president saying that they're not in a position to renegotiate and now they're preparing for a hard Brexit. This saw the pound coming down to about... 20-month lows at 124.80 levels. But then, of course, we had this announcement whereby Theresa May is, um, you know, planning for the vote of confidence, and this has immediately seen a bit of uh, rallies in the pound. So to be honest, I think this could be a bit of a situation whereby we'll see a uh, a relief rally coming in British asset classes. Uh, We could see a move in the pound back upwards towards 128 levels. But I don't think this takes away from the overall uncertainty and risk that you had alluded to earlier.
1: Well, of course, Um, given that, uh, uh, let's let's assume that she survives the uh, confidence vote tonight, that means there cannot be another leadership uh, challenge for a year, which, of course, we'll see uh, clearly through uh, March 29th do you, do you, if if she survives, do you see that acting as um as a prop for market sentiment and and for the for the currency in general
2: definitely um, see when it comes to when it comes to the the currency markets uh, as far back as the brexit vote through uh, donald trump 's uh, surprise election um, markets are looking for any positive optimistic news to have an excuse to rally i mean again, just from the fact that they were calling a vote of confidence has seen uh, an immediate uh, relief rally. So because the markets are so sensitive uh, through the interim, yes, I, I would feel that a positive outcome for for Theresa May would would act to calm markets. We mm-hmm. would see a little bit of upward support coming in uh, GBP crosses. Uh, we would see a little bit of upticks in in equity markets, and we would see that that uh, that spread between the ten-year bonds and the two-year British bonds uh, slightly reducing, but again, that doesn't that these are these would be seen as kind of short-term fixes. Any any further developments which would go down the path, for example, of what kind of what what would be the outcome of a hard Brexit would continue to um, see further weakness in uh, in in the British pound. So, long story short, it, it, we could see. Uh, Brief upticks um, in the immediate short term, but overall long term, the, the situation is not much improved.
0: I mean Chris and I were, were talking a little bit before about uh, you know various other aspects that are creating uncertainty in global markets uh, there is you know been concern, particularly for emerging markets in Europe about uh, a, a trade a trade war between China and the u s um, uh, we We're up and down on that from one day to the next uh, the likelihood of it and and it's creating a lot of volatility, but there was some sense that you know emerging market currencies, broader emerging market assets had had the worst of it by now and that maybe 2019 would look a little bit better i mean what's your view going into next year for that
2: you've uh, you've hit the nail on the head i mean emerging markets had a year to forget in 2018 and just looking at how the numbers are are panning out um, through the emerging markets we have of course if we if we if we break it down and, and focus on one market, for example, if you look at the Indian markets, we've seen the Indian rupee spike up to about 74, um, 74 against the US dollar on the Dubai gold and commodities exchange. And this weakness is probably going to continue. Um, this is slightly actually independent because they're going through an election. But overall, if you look at the performance of the emerging market currencies, they are set to be weaker through the first and second quarter of 2019. And this is primarily because of what we're expecting to come out of the U.S. We've been long. We've been dollar bulls for a very, very long time now. Um, we've not seen a clear break out of this current channel where it's consolidating between 96.50 and 97. But I would tell our listeners to really, really keep an eye out on the performance of that U.S. dollar index. Again, the FOMC, the U.S. central bank, are the leaders when it comes to their rate hiking cycle. Um, Europe and uh, the U.K., along with emerging market. Card, uh, Emerging market central banks have yet to resume their rate hiking cycle. So this interest rate differential will come, into, will come into play. It'll make the dollar much more in demand, which would naturally lend to further downsides in emerging market uh, asset classes. I don't think we're going to see... Uh, new lows in those respective currencies. But I think they would remain under pressure, uh, you know, at least through the first or second quarter of 2019.
1: Uh, Guarev, there was um, a poll uh, done by Bloomberg, well, published by Bloomberg today of uh, U.S. uh, chief financial officers. And the result came back with 82 percent of U.S. CFOs see a U.S. recession within two years um what's your take on that and how how do you think um why do you think that's such a um a downbeat look over the longer term
2: to be honest i i i i have come across this survey at, um recently but i'm i'm going predominantly by what i'm seeing from from the us data docket um when it comes to the three main key key factors that um Central banks uh, focus on have been, of course, course, inflation expectations, which are very much in line with uh, the targets of 2%. Uh, When we look at the current uh, jobs picture in the U.S., we are at multi multi-decade lo- decade lows at 3.7 percent um, the resulting influx of new jobs as a result of these trade wars would also be a natural ben- beneficiary for the manufacturing and consumption um, within the u.s so unless we see a situation where the u.s uh economy goes into a kind of a cool down mode which i don't foresee because we're seeing gdp gdp rates at uh, between 3.5 and 3.7 percent. So, within two years, we could be in a situation where the U.S. economy is, is coming to slow down. But again, very very bullish. I personally remain very very bullish at least through the first um, through the first six months of uh, 2019, which would then also be timed in nicely with the fact that we would probably see. Uh, rate hikes is coming out from at least the ECB from the from the Bank of England and um, other um, other developed nations
0: uh, you've been following markets for a long time um, around the world, Gaurav, and it'd be good to get your perspective because it seems increasingly as we've as we've moved onwards from the financial crisis about a decade ago um, that um, it, because of a sort of perceived uh, failure of economists and central bankers during that period, that politicians uh, b- begin to think they can they can run the economies better than the experts in a way. Exactly. Uh, and, and in India, um, you know, a good example of of the surprise resignation of the, the CBI um, uh, exactly. head, Urjit Patel, uh, you know, who's been at loggerheads with the government over their encroachment on its powers. But that's not an isolated situation. We're seeing it all over Absolutely. the world. So how does that affect day to day, month to month, year to year investing, uh, looking at assets when you, you can't predict how politicians are going to try and, and get involved? And, and, and to Absolutely. me, that, that adds to the uncertainty.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, you you've raised another excellent point and our clients typically wonder the same type of uh, wonder the same type of uh, things. And I think in these types of um, in these types of very uncertain um, times, I think it's very, very important to, of course, employ. Look, despite the fact that there are uh, difficulties in the market, political uncertainties, opportunities still do exist in this market. And I think what I end up telling my clients is very simply, look, if we have a view, for example, on the British pound, I think it's very, very important. You can take advantage of these opportunities, but employ very, very strict stop losses, for example. Take build positions, limit your your exposure, of course, leverage it can create a bit of a positive situation. it can create a bit of, of negative situation. Suggest your levels, pick your levels um, technical technical charts are very, very advantageous um, of course historical historical price movement can provide a bit of clarity um, when there 's so much fundamental uncertainty so yes, I would look at historic examples. I would look at key. Te- long-term technical charts which can provide uh, a bit more clarity because when markets end up going to record highs it ends up being everyone be- ends up becoming an expert right you yes. can you can suggest and you can everyone can forecast where it can go from here but in these types of times I find that studying technical charts are pro- do provide a bit more clarity but uh, of course always remain a bit diversified don't be overexposed, and typically throughout the next at least one or two weeks as this Brexit story pans out, I would definitely, definitely adopt a wait and wait and watch approach. If you are feeling a bit adventurous, look at look at uh, look at the news, see how see if it's perceived as optimistic or if it's perceived as negative, and again, employ tight stop losses and very very. Strict
0: targets. Uh, it, I mean, it's an it, it's a period of heightened fear, and and you, and you mentioned diversification. I remember um, an article I read a, a decade ago, which said, um, you know, the only safe investment is putting your cash in a coffee can and burying it under your house. And if you or want to di- mattress, exactly. Yeah, and if you want to diversify, get two coffee cans. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> exactly. And, but now, I mean, as we say, we look everywhere and we see volatility, we see risk. So you need a, a strong nerve. But but you sound optimistic. And I wonder, sort of on a longer horizon, because we have investors that are, are saving for 5, 10, or earning for 5, 10, 15 years, um, yep. you still feel that equities, currencies, you know, the, the major asset classes are still the way forward
2: absolutely i would i would I would look at uh, i 'm actually going to keep a close eye um, actually it 's funny because we 're coming towards the uh, end of two thousand and eighteen so um, we 're preparing a lot of like reports for what our expectations are for two thousand and nineteen but just on initial hindsight, I will be watching the performance of u s equities. I think um, the current selling pressure that we 're seeing um, as a result of profit taking is dragging prices slightly lower, but I would be looking as in a, at a time probably again in in at some point in quarter one or at the early parts of quarter two to mobilize and start building positions in u.s equity markets but in a diversified range looking at banking sectors looking at energy sectors i i don't like the oil play um at present uh again very very politically driven um agendas are at play in 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 the oil markets which make it very very uncertain um I mean if you just look at the price movement fall into fifty levels it's it, it was actually very, very unpredicted. But um yes, on a whole I I do like um I do look I do like building in US uh, dollar assets at least through the first six months. I think it provides uh I think at this point we're not looking to beat the market, we're looking to uh, maintain uh, you know, a respectable return, uh, especially amidst what, what all is happening right now.
0: Uh, Gaurav Kashyap, market strategist at Equity Global Markets. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful holiday period.
0: So, Chris, as Gaurav was saying, there there are opportunities uh, to be had uh, if you... If you're focused, mm-hmm. if you know what you're doing, yeah. so start reading up. Yeah. But um, you know, amid all this uncertainty and and you know these worries, there, there, there is good news, isn't there? There is. Tell indeed. me, there
1: is. There is good news, and it's right here. Um, UAE's economic growth is set to accelerate next year, um, particularly as the non-oil uh, GDP expands on the back of government measures introduced this year and higher spending. Economists, including Oxford Economics, uh, say the UAE central bank itself uh, predicts that next year the economy will grow by 4.2%. Uh, that's a big number. That's a big number. Oxford Economics sees non-oil um, economic growth uh, GDP and economic growth up by 3.6. Percent next year from three percent this year, and says that GDP will expand 1.3 percent up from 0.7 percent this year. So it's all well and good here.
0: Bring on 2019. <laughs> uh, Chris Nelson, thanks so much for being with us. Pleasure, must have. Uh, let me thank our producer Kevin Jeffers and point you all in the direction of our other podcasts Beyond the Headlines, which takes a deeper dive into the biggest news from the week with a distinct Middle Eastern point of view, and the Cricket Pod, where our experts shine a spotlight on the gentleman's game. Subscribe to both those shows as well as this one on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting app. Find us and our coverage as always at thenational.ae Thank you for listening and do join us again next time.